Happy Wednesday, guys. Welcome to the Saratoga podcast. Dan, how about them bills? Robin, too, huh? I know. I, I, I you know, I'm, 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 I'm flying the colors here. I know. Uh, I don't know why I don't have any gear. Uh, My bad. Dan's internet's lagging, I, but it, uh, it sets up another classic. Oh, we lost you. I was going to say, it oh. sets up another classic uh, Mahomie v. Bills matchup. Oh. This time it's in oh. Buffalo, so you got to give the edge to Buffalo, but uh, it's let's, quite the rivalry they got, got a lot with of Josh Allen. Oh, that so, sorry about that. Oh, go ahead, Robin. No, I just can't wait for poor Patrick Mahomes to go down, buddy. Down. He doesn't know what it's like to play at Highmark Stadium. He doesn't. I, I, very, he doesn't know what it's like to play away from Arrowhead in the playoffs. This will be his 13th playoff game, or he's had 13 already, and he's never, other than the neutral Super Bowl sites, he's never played a playoff game at an away uh, location. This will be his first time. Um, yeah. Now people are going to groan here, but we can't mention the Chiefs coming to Buffalo without mentioning Kelsey and without mentioning Taylor Swift. Uh, it's a big. It's a, my, my daughter. Every time Kelsey's in a TV commercial, she looks at him and she goes, "Is that the guy that's dating Taylor Swift?" <laughs> she, has, she has no idea who he is. <laughs> that's gonna be my next question: Is does Taylor Swift travel to Buffalo? It's uh, believed she will in playoffs. She best be. Yeah, it's believed <laughs> she will. Which will uh, let's face it, she adds a element of fun, even when even when if you're going to complain about it, it's it adds an element of fun. I agree. No hate, no hate on my end. Um, <laughs> so lots to talk about. We had a city council meeting last night that I know we want to recap, and um, a few other political things we wanted to update people on, and also some exciting business news, which I'm really pumped about. Um, but I think we should start with our city council recap, which I apparently am really excited about with my exclamation point. <laughs> It was it was pretty mild to get too excited about. No, I know. I meant the little banner that I threw up. I don't know why. Oh, sorry. I, you know, I missed that. Okay. <laughs> Very good, Robin. Um, so I went to the meeting last night, and I know you guys watched. Um, there were probably maybe 10 people in public comment, if maybe eight or 10. Um, I thought it was interesting because it was the first council meeting with this administration that Saratoga BLM had specifically put out a call to action on their social media pages to get people to the council meeting um, as they wanted to comment on the new rules for public comment that were being voted on last night. Um, but by my observation, there were only about three people there um, from Saratoga BLM, so they didn't have a huge turnout, but uh, they did comment. Um, and uh, as, as there were also some other very interesting comments regarding the public comment rules. Um, you know, I think Saratoga BLM's concerns uh, would best be summed up as the language about reacting with clapping or snapping or, you know, just the reactions in general um, being kind of not allowed in the rules um, it, to them was kind of uh, penalizing people for having an emotional reaction to something, which I think there's some validity to, you know, I think that's kind of, that's, it's a valid point. Um, I don't think that uh, they were going to be enforcing those rules, you know, to the letter of the law, but, but I could kind of understand their point. You, you were, you were there in person, correct? Cause you, I spoke. Was, yes. you, you were one of the speakers, right? You spoke uh, uh, very, very well done by the way. Uh, and, and Michelle Madigan was one of the, uh, even though she's the county supervisor, she can still speak. And she's spoken at the public comment portion uh, uh, regarding the on-call pay. 
But um, I got to ask you, Robin, because you were there and I'm watching on a tiny uh, phone screen. There was one that was, um, yeah. I, I don't want to say bizarre, but, um, you know, like a poetry and she had something on and she was speaking yes. in biblical terms. Can you expand on that? Because I, I only had so much on the phone. I can. So there were there were a couple interesting comments. One in particular was from uh, a woman who showed up in almost what looks like a little red riding hood outfit. She was wearing a red cape with a red hood on and then a mask. So you really couldn't see her face. And I was kind of looking at her like, all right, what's what's going to go on here? Well, what she was doing was, in my opinion, a pretty janky impression of uh, The Handmaiden's Tale. I don't know if you guys have ever seen The Handmaiden's Tale. I have not. Okay, well, basically, it's about this like fascist government run by all men, and women are completely subservient, blah, 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 blah. So she was dressed up as a handmaiden, and she went to the microphone and was like, my lords, my lords, and kept like bowing down while talking about the public comment rules. And, you know, if she may be allowed to speak or if she may be allowed to have a thought. And it was, it was, she was, she was parroting Handmaiden's Tale to make her point about the public comment rules. Um, I just, I don't think it quite landed for most people. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, A for I, I don't mean to laugh at her. I, uh, you know, she had no, a no, I mean, there, it was in comical. An artistic way, but yeah, it went right over my head. Yeah. Um, yes. I, she was sitting with the Saratoga BLM folks who also found it quite comical. Um, there, there was also another um, comment right off the bat. The first comment was from a husband of a former employee who uh, spoke about his wife being let go without cause, um, I guess maybe last week, um, from a, a pretty high level position at the city. So um, that caught me off guard a little bit. Did you guys hear that one? I missed the first 10 minutes. And if you recall, I was kicking myself because hmm. um, I, I missed that. So I didn't see it. I'll watch it on the, the tape, of course, uh, which should be up as soon as this afternoon, I guess. A Adam, I think you saw it, right? Uh-oh, is Adam frozen? Yeah, I guess he's frozen. Okay, do, no, you, want to, do you want to tell Paxton that he's frozen? Well, you, you, no, you yeah, talk. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sorry, guys, my computer was on the wrong network, but I think I'm good now. Yeah, I thought maybe you were lost in thought, but I'm glad you're back. <laughs> Let it be known, Dan went six minutes without any technical flubs so far. I want that known. Noted. Um, so, Adam, I was just talking about that first public comment, which was made by the husband of a former employee of the city. Did you catch that one? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, my thoughts, the first thing is that kind of reeked of is, if you remember the last administration kind of came in and just started making, just started you know, making really large impactful personnel changes about moving positions around and firing people and and just you know if you remember they got they got rid of the the city attorneys i mean some really again meaningful deep impactful personnel moves so at the surface that's what this initially struck me with of this lady was let go from the sounds of it on day one of um of safford's uh, mayoral uh, um, tenure so that's what bothered me was again that 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 when you go into an organization, at least take the time to get to know people, get to know your staff, get to know their abilities and their weaknesses and their flaws, and then make personnel decisions. Don't just go in in a position that you've never done before uh, and and make decisions based that you have a deep knowledge of this this position. With that being said, I think there's a little more to the story. Is that correct? 
Well, so I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a moment. I would say, so this was someone who was in the planning department. Um, and, you know, I think, I mean, perhaps the mayor, you know, took office, went to talk to the people in his department and, you know, uh, heard that this person wasn't up for the job. I'm totally speculating on that, um, as opposed to just making like a rash decision. Um, but again, that's speculation. I, I do not know why she was let go. I do know who this person is. I don't know if I feel, I don't know if her name was disclosed last night. So I don't know if I feel totally comfortable naming her in this situation. Well, her husband, when he spoke, named himself. Okay. He, so in general terms, this was someone who was Mayor Kim's executive assistant and then um, applied for and was hired for the position of, um, I believe it's called Director of Sustainability. It's a pretty, it's a it's actually a huge job. And it was a job that was uh, previously held by Tina Carton, who is very, who worked at the city for years and years and is very, you know, well-known. Um, she did an incredible job. Um, you know, a lot of this has to do with securing grant money and then managing the uh, projects that the grant money is for whether it's for anything having to do with climate, environment, or, you know, like the Missing Link Sidewalk Project, um, anything that's uh, um, really grant-related and sustainability-related is managed by this uh, individual. And my recollection of when this hire was made was that there was some controversy attached in that, uh, I believe on Saratoga Springs politics, there was a piece that uh, showed the various applications for the position. And in John Kaufman's opinion, his analysis was that there were other people that were far more qualified than this individual, and that this was a bit of a kind of patronage uh, hire. But um, again, that was his opinion. I'm not making judgments, but that was kind of the background as far as I know. He, he did note that the qualifications were changed, apparently, <laughs> in favor of this person's then qualification. In other words, she, she was not qualified by the then qualifications, according to Kaufman. And then they dialed them back somewhat. And then she, uh, she put in an application that they deemed that she was qualified. It's a good post. When was that post? Do you know, Robin, if someone, um, wanted to look at I could look it up. I, I could look it up. You, you, yeah, I, I have it as well. Um, uh, yeah, you, 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 I don't know if anybody's been, but I've been in the job market lately and, you know, one thing I will say about, you know, kind of defending uh, hiring from within in the people, you know, is that in the corporate world, it's an extremely common practice of, totally. uh, of, of pulling people up who. So, you know, you know, again, at the surface, if, if you have somebody who's not quite as qualified as the other candidates, but who's worked for you, who you have a good working relationship with, who knows, you know, who knows the corporate environment and the corporate culture that you operate in and is a good fit. Uh, there's a lot to be said for that. So, you know, my, my, my takeaway, this isn't, again, this wasn't a wholesale, uh, get rid of risk and safety and we're going to get sued for, you know, hundred or we're going to, it's going to cost us hundreds of thousands of dollars in the future. I don't think it's that big, but I think it's something to keep an eye on because again, making these personnel decisions on day one, I, I, my business background tells me it's not always the, unless you have some like Robin and like you said, unless you had some real good Intel that this person is just horrendous at their position, which, which again, we don't know. We don't no, know. We don't know at all. In fact, I do know this person personally, and I think she's delightful. Um, and I, I do think it was just kind of a bummer all around to have to have your, you know, to have a husband come in to discuss his wife's, you know, firing. 
it was just uncomfortable. And I, I hope there's other avenues um, he or she can pursue if they need to, you know, resolve whatever may need to be resolved. Yeah. With that being said, and I don't know really any of the players here, so I can be a little more uh, cold, but if you have a job higher in government and that job you serve at the pleasure of somebody, whether it be the mayor or somebody else, you serve at the pleasure. That is one of the pitfalls of taking a job like that is that uh, there, there are no civil service protections. So then I don't know the details of this job. I don't know, you know what, what the nature of it was, but it sounds like this person served at the pleasure and that's the way it works. And Adam, to your point that you, you wish the mayor would have gone in and, you know, given it a few weeks, that's, that's a valid point. I, I get that. But, but in the end, it sounds like it was his, uh, his, his uh, authority to make the decision. And apparently he, he did. Yeah. We have a helpful well, that, that, comment from a reader, by the way, who's letting us know that it was the August 23rd, 2023 blog on Saratoga Springs politics that had the details of uh, when John Coffin wrote about this. So thank you, Dina. We appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Dina had also mentioned earlier that um, our masks allowed in City Hall, that could be dangerous. Um, this mask, I guess, could be construed as uh, kind of uh, a COVID type of mask. So that's kind of so, you know. I think it is kind of strange for someone to completely obscure their face. I do think that's um, not great, but I think this could have probably been passed off as a COVID mask and just a red hood. Were, were you unnerved by it at all, Robin, or did you just sort of shrug? I was, well, listen, I've seen some, excuse my language, but I've seen some crazy shit at public comment, some crazy <laughs> shit from people. I, you know, one time, God lover, uh, there was a woman who dressed up in the middle of January in literally like a full bathing suit outfit with like, a, you know, a, a snorkel and like a floaty and, and came in like in full bathing attire to make the point that it was, uh, basically flooding outside and she hoped we all brought our bathing suits. Cause that was the only way we we're going to be able to get home was to swim. So I've seen, we've seen some outfits. Um, it, it, it was a little bit like what's going to happen, but I wasn't concerned for safety really. Hey, I, I know you guys touched on it before, but can we switch gears here and, and talk about the public comment rules? Yes. Yeah, so that's what totally, that's what I wanted to talk about next. Yeah. All right. All right. I didn't know if we just had skipped over that, but no, there were, you know, there were some, so Getting one thing I think that was showed in, in the last election is that Saratoga does not want their city business disrupted week in and week out by protesters and disruptions to the city council. And part of the problem, and that's they talked about this last night, was Mayor Kim really his his rules that there were no rules kind of didn't work, right? Because if the, the rules that there are no rules leaves and people just go in and do whatever they want, and at times they did, and twice city council meetings had to be shut down. So Mayor Stafford proposed some rules, a three, and some of them. This was proposed two weeks ago at the previous city council meeting. He got public input and he made changes. For instance, one of the rules I believe was you had to sign in and put your name and address. Which again, I think that's a good rule. I don't have an issue with that. People did so now. You know now he even made a point to say you don't have to say your name at public comment, which is. Which is again, you're kind of inviting people to. If, if if you live in this this city, or not even in the city, but if you want to make a public comment, you should if you should have to say your name. And this is not this is not stifling somebody's right to free speech to ask them to state their name and where they live, and at least they can give general terms. Uh, but but there were you know there are other rules, and 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 there were some debate about some of the rules. Uh, and I'm just curious what you guys thought about this. Ah. Uh Sorry, you go ahead if you want, Dan. I, of course, have many thoughts. Okay. 
Well, first of all, I I like uh, Commissioner Jason Golub's answer to all to this. He said, "I don't necessarily like these rules, but I like the fact that there are rules, and I'm going to vote for this because we need rules." And that was, you know, he, he's so damn reasonable all the time, which is why we can't have him on the show anymore because, you know, we need to up our ratings with some bomb throwers, some you know, accusations, and he he doesn't play that game. Uh, but he, he it was just very logical what he said, and it made sense. And, and I credit him for uh, voting for the concept of rules, even if he didn't like the specific rules. Yeah, I think the example that you're talking about in particular was that attached to these uh, proposed rules was that the public comment period would be for 30 minutes. And Commissioner Songvi made the point that she thought uh, 30 minutes was just too short because people are allowed to speak for three minutes. So technically, that's only 10 people who are allowed to speak at public comment, and then you're just cutting everybody else off. And I agreed with her that I I don't think that I think that's too short of a limit for public comment. As we've seen over the last two three years, there are oftentimes more than 10 people who want to comment, and I do think that you know you should really be able to get through the majority of public comments and not cut people off. So, um, but then Commissioner Golub was making the point, which again, I was like, oh wait, I agree with this as well. If you don't have a cutoff time, then it's up to the mayor to just kind of arbitrarily cut pe- cut it off and be or, like, okay. Or, or, after not, this or not cut it off, sorry. Or not cut it off. And yeah. so, you know, so you could be like, oh, we're going to do, we're going to stop after the 13th person because maybe in the mayor's mind, they don't want the 14th person to stop. So, you know, they can kind of abuse that. And so, you know, Commissioner Golub's point was that we... And both Commissioner Songvi especially acknowledged that Mayor Kim did not enforce the rules consistently over the last two years, which is what caused so many problems. And so having so Commissioner Golub's point was having a set time, you know, will help with that consistency as opposed to leaving it up to the mayor to end public comment if it's going too long. She um, one, one, one. Oh, sorry, Adam, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, it's interesting because they, 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 you know, it's just kind of a, a, a total reaction. You see, they wanted to keep blaming Commissioner Montanino for the problems that that City Hall and the meetings being shut down for his actions, but they did. But it was something telling that 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 Commissioner Golub did mention that that Mayor Kim's rules of no rules did. You know, he kind of let it slip that a lot of the that a lot of the disruptions and the problems during public comment were Mayor Kim not enforcing any rules. And, and, and I agree with that. I think that was that was a problem. I The problem I have with people who are objecting to these rules were, that, you know what? The mayor is not, it doesn't, everything doesn't have to be etched in perfect stone. You know, you know the, the mayor is tasked with running those meetings. He has the right to use some discretion. Mayoral discretion doesn't necessarily mean discrimination or racism or anti-Semitism, or he doesn't want to hear what you hear. And, and you know, sometimes if it slips into that, that's what elections are for. But this idea of don't let, you know, good be the enemy of great. The fact that we can't have a certain rule for every certain circumstance, like the lady wearing a mask and, a, you, you know, you know, do we have to have a whole set of rules now or what masks are allowed and what masks are not allowed? Or, or you know, I agree, you shouldn't be able to come with your your face obscured to City Hall because 
that is a potential security risk. Now, if it's a COVID mask, it's one thing. But if you have a COVID mask and a hoodie, so all you're showing is your eyes, then you're, I would make the argument, and I think it's reasonable and a reasonable person would think you're purposely masking your identity for, and, and for what reason? That's, that's a safety hazard. So I think, I think, I think that the commissioners who voted against or have issues with this got so caught up in the granule. We have to make sure every dot is, you know, we, the mayor can't have any discretion because any discretion by the mayor may mean, you know, may mean he's being discriminatory against a certain group. I think it's just, it's, it's silly. It's nonsensical. It's not what the, the, these, these meetings are. We have a mayor, we have voted a mayor. We trust our mayor's discretion. And if he uses his discretion in a way that's you know blatantly discriminatory, we have we have a justice system for that. And we also have a system called you know democracy, where he would be voted you know kind of like Kim was voted out because people didn't like the way he was running the meeting. So that was my issue. I, I I have no problem with the mayor having rules. I have no problem with these rules having some interpretation by the mayor. And let's just let's continue with the city business. Um. I will say one of the things that I think is um, not helpful, because uh, I understand that some people feel uncomfortable saying their name and address, but I do think it's important to indicate if you live in Saratoga Springs, because as a former city council member, when people are speaking during public comment, I, I absolutely think that you should be able to hear from everyone, whether they live in the city or not. However, when people are talking about an issue, I'm going to give a little more you know, weight to the people who are residents complaining about an issue versus people who don't live here complaining about an issue. It all matters. It would all matter to me, but the resident complaints, you know, should be a bit of a, should, should be a bit of a priority because they're the people who actually live and reside here um, and, you know, are paying taxes and whatnot. And, and so I do think everyone should be able to public comment wherever they live, but do you know what I mean? I, I, cause to me, that's the downside yeah. of, of not knowing where people are from when they're commenting. You know what? Okay. Another, I, I agree. I agree with you, Rob. I agree with hundred percent is that the, the people should, we should know if they're a resident or not. Another interesting thing and, and commissioner Moran keeps coming back to this and I just don't get this. And I don't think anybody else is buying this. Is he keep, you know, as far as a Sergeant at arms, escorting oh. people out who and he says well you you know the second that police officer the sergeant arm their career is ruined their career is ruined hands and, on and, hands on hands on exactly like you, you know they they're and 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 you know commissioner cole who was in law enforcement essentially said their career wouldn't be and, and i agree i, I just don't see I how a police officer i didn't get in, that yeah, right. But, but 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 Commissioner Moran's running with that ball, you know, and he keeps saying this is going to ruin a police officer's career. And 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 where I'm going, what made me think of that is is was anybody else surprised last night that that three minutes wasn't tested? It seemed like it was going to be tested, but it never really was tested. And I'm surprised. It's, but you know, actually- I, I thought so too. I even texted you guys to that fact. I said I said I bet you this one goes over, and you know, that person didn't. You know, it's really really helpful. Um, and I I articulated this to her afterwards. So the deputy mayor, Joanne Kiernan, was literally standing next to uh, the mayor holding a digital clock with a three-minute countdown on it, like a big one. So you could see the time counting down. And so it didn't come as a surprise when it was up. And I know it sounds stupid, but something that simple is actually very helpful. And it weirdly, I think, helps people not go over that limit because it's not just the mayor objecting and saying, you're done, you're done and trying to cut you off. You're literally seeing the clock run out and the alarm go off. And so I know that uh, Deputy Kiernan probably felt a little bit awkward, like standing there, like holding this digital clock, but but it was really helpful. Yeah. And, 
And at least it wasn't know, Tony this time. Poor Tony. He's finally been relieved of his duty of like wiping off the microphone with a Kleenex. Wiping off the mic. I remember that. Yeah, which uh, the city attorney, my God, is, is, you know, in charge of wiping off the freaking microphone. But um, that's, a you know, that's a good company man right there. I know. Um, yeah, there was no, there were no issues last night, which I think was great. But I also think that Mayor Safford has a real talent of making people feel heard. He he's yes. really listening and acknowledging yes. what they're saying, and, and genuinely credits them, even when they're against his point. He he said that was really well stated, and he, he kills them with kindness. Yeah, he does have an aura. Yeah, right. you know, there are a couple of times where I was thinking, I just tell him to go fuck themselves. Pardon me. Well, but and he, then he, also, like, but he, he he's like, you know, you, that was really well done, and and it is true that some of these, you know, like Diogenes there, who got well, up and did this whole it was kind of hysterical. Swearing is that. Hey, I, I don't agree with pretty much 98% of what she said, but the fact of the matter is it she definitely put some work into it and it it was well it was you know when she I, I don't know I don't know if AI writes this stuff for her or what or she's <laughs> I think really she writes talented. The man. She's very talented at writing. I mean, again, I, it's garbage in, garbage out, right? So I don't agree with what the writing is, but but and, and Mayor Safford instead of saying this is this, you can't say this or stop sweating. You know, he complimented her on on, on on what she did, and it just it just it just it just disarms everybody in the negativity and the hostility and the anger. Just completely disarming. He's done a great job with that. Wait, so, I just want to tell people what her public comment was because I actually thought it was very entertaining, very well kind of researched and written. Um, and this is a, a person who identifies themselves as Diogenes living on stolen land. She's a frequent flyer at city council meetings. And um, what she read last night was basically uh, a public comment that pointed out that in some cultures or in some periods of time, certain words were considered profanity um, that wouldn't be considered profane now or vice versa. And she was giving examples of those words in that language. And I mean, I think I, Mayor Safford had a bit of a chuckle, like a, a look on his face of like, yeah. because it, it was... It was entertaining, and and there was a valid point there. You know what I mean? Well, well uh, researched, by the way. Yes. Lenny Bruce, George Carlin, um, totally. Give some credit where credits due. Totally. So, um, but yeah, the, uh, but again, instead of uh, being confrontational or angry, you could tell he was listening. He was amused. He kind of he gave her her props uh, for the yeah. comment, even though she was you know cursing while she was commenting. Um, but I think her point, I think her point was well taken. Um, and then I think the only other comments last night that we had were primarily about uh, the on-call pay situation that we talked about last week. Wait, wait, wait. Before we go there, Robin, let's bring this home and say what happened. I'd oh, like right, to say what right. happened with this. Commissioner Sungvi made what she called, and I hear it a lot at the table, a friendly okay. amendment. You know, in the law, I'm sure in the city charter and Robert's rules, there's either an amendment or there's not an amendment. A friendly amendment is a term of art, I guess I would say. Um, but but I didn't view it as a friendly amendment because she wanted to uh, completely uh, erase the 30 minute time limit. Um, and I'm not saying it was hostile or anything, but it was, you know, that that, that took out a, a, a major point in the proposed uh, rules was to have a 30 minute time limit. And she said, I don't want one. And I think it was Commissioner uh, um, Moran, um, Moran Commissioner that offered her some language to, to up it. And she just at one point held her ground. And I think it failed. The amendment was seconded and it failed. And she, and they said, do you want to redo the one? Do 
you want to resubmit your amendment with you know a higher time limit? She just said, no, I don't. She was yeah, pretty so cool about that. Uh, you know, some might say stubborn, but uh, so so it did pass as proposed, right? There were no amendments. It did pass as 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 ultimately proposed the last evening. Correct. So she had offered a friendly amendment to get rid of the thirty minute limit on public comment. Um, that that failed as a friendly amendment, um, and then. There was a uh, suggestion of her amending that to make it a 60-minute public comment period. She had no interest in doing that. Um, and then Commissioner Moran did point out that it was um, the executive in charge of the meeting, a.k.a. the mayor. It was under the mayor's discretion to you know, extend that public comment period if they wanted to in the moment. Um, long story short, there was you know, a significant discussion. They voted on the public comment rules as proposed in the agenda, and it passed four to one, Commissioner Songvi being the dissenting vote. Um, and I just want to, sorry, throw up one comment, guys. Dina, again, just said she's a published author with many books on Am available on Amazon. If that's about Diogenes, is that about Diogenes, Dina? Um, because that would be fascinating to me. I would like to see what she's written. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so anyway, long story short, um, the public comment rules passed. I think it's a good thing. Uh, and again, I, th I think we've already articulated this, but, you know, I think as long as they're applied consistently, um, hopefully things will continue to go well. And um, yeah, I, again, still couldn't understand that comment, though, about the making one of the police officers a sergeant at arms and why that would be detrimental for the police officer. But our, Maybe we'll, I mean, yeah. our chief of police who recently got promoted was a defendant in the Daryl Mount lawsuit, the most racially charged lawsuit the city's ever seen. And, you know, he, he obviously the city was acquitted in that and um, uh, found not liable. And but that could have ruined his career. And it didn't. He was promoted to chief. So I, I don't understand uh, Commissioner Moran's theory there. Yeah. As, as it relates to uh, ha having to do something, some order at the city council meetings. And Commissioner Cole also pointed out that all these rules they had run by the um, Committee on Open Government for New York State to kind of, you know, get approval on the on the rules and make sure they were kind of kosher, so to speak. So anyhow, voted. It was passed. I think that's a good thing. Um, and uh, what else was there that? I, oh, but your earlier know? point, those will be challenged. I, I we suspect. Right. I think do all three of us agree at some point. Uh, either inadvertently or purposely, there's. I, think, be... I, I I think so, but the other it's like the last night's meeting just kind of had a kumbaya feel to it, didn't it? Like you you, you know, like they 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 shot a now you, you hour and thirty eight minutes. <laughs> That's yeah. how long it took. It, it it's 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 one one incident, and and yes, I think you're right, Dan. But I think barring an incident, I, I think. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm just being too optimistic here, but it, the city got in, did their business yesterday, heard from, you know, heard from the constituents and, and got some things done and went home. One thing I've yeah. shifting gears a, a little bit. I know we want to talk about a number of things, but did you catch uh, commissioner Golub talking about the, the uh, sci-fi project? I, I did. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I know you and I have both wanted an update, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I was, I was, I was a little. So just to let people know, uh, uh, Sci-Fi was an initiative I believe started by uh, Commissioner Madigan when she was yeah. a commissioner of finance. And essentially, what happened is a company offered to come in and say, "Listen, we're going to put the latest and greatest cable in in the ground in Saratoga, and we're, we're going to run a connection to every house." Broadband. And what's that? 
Sorry, broadband internet. Broadband, yes. exactly. And and all essentially, this is not going to cost the city or the homeowner a penny. All this is going to do is now allow the homeowner the option to essentially move away from Spectrum and get a th another third-party internet provider, which I think everybody here loves that. You know, competition, it, it helps It helps service, it helps reliability, it helps prices. I, we were really looking forward to that. It was supposed to start last summer and then just kind of died. But right, Robin, it, this is what Commissioner Golub was essentially saying about this, this sci-fi project. Yes, yeah, so so basically what happened was that the, the manner in which this broadband cable was going to go in was that they were going to do micro-trenching, um, which would be like... I think like trenches like this wide where they would sink the cable um, on the sides of city streets. So they did a test, an initial test um, last winter or the winter before, I think it was last winter of the micro trenching to see if it would hold up under a Saratoga Springs winter. It did not. And so they had to come up with a new plan in terms of how they would install this broadband cable. And then also there was a bit of a pause because this is a privately held company that's doing this. And I guess <laughs> they had some funding issues or something. So that kind of like delayed things a little bit. Um, it sounds like the funding issues have been cleared up. Uh, they're not with the city, by the way. They're with the private company and their equity issues. Those issues have been cleared up. And I guess they've come up with um, a new methodology for the cable that my understanding was DPW DPW is signed off on. And so we are once again, hopefully moving forward. And uh, thank God, because you guys, the internet situation here blows. Like, let's be honest, like Spectrum is wicked expensive. And as we know from Dan's experience, very unreliable. And we do need competition. And Vios is not coming up here. I mean, we've, we've gone through this. I've gone through this extensively with other people. We desperately need another option. I think this is the option. Um, and I think it is going to come at a, you know, fairly dramatically discounted price once it's installed. I would also just love to see a free city Wi-Fi, you know, that were, that could be done. And I think that would also be, be awesome. So I hope this continues to move forward and is successful. Thank you guys. Because I, I, was there for part of it, but for whatever reason, I couldn't tune in. So I'm, I'm yeah, sure and and, and again, I mean, that. if you have if you have good reliable Wi-Fi, it's as far as you know. There's so many more. Our, our cable bill is astronomical right now. For watching like two channels, right? <laughs> but but it, but I don't want to get away with it because I don't want to just be completely reliant on the internet to watch television. So if you again have this competition, have reliable. Uh, internet coming into your home, it, it just opens up a lot of doors and it saves a lot of saves a lot of dollars. So let's let's hope that that gets that gets moving again. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, a couple other things that I will get details on for our next podcast because I think they're really important. I think they're overlooked sometimes by people. Um, the mayor the mayor made a number of appointments to the land use boards. The land use boards here have a tremendous amount of power in terms of what projects get approved, what don't, and the speed at which they're able to, you know, get built, how they look, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, they hold a ton of power. And the appointments to these land use boards are for seven years. So they're significant and they're at the pleasure of the mayor. The mayor um, has that responsibility to appoint people to these boards. And last night he made an appointment to the planning, two appointments to the planning board and one to the zoning board of appeals. So I will get more info about that for, for next week. So I can tell you who exactly he appointed because I can only recall one person off the top of my head. Um, 
So you know what it, I will say about his appointments, though, and this is what I was happy to hear, and and we didn't we haven't seen that, and some of our members don't, is that the appointments when he was discussing their credentials for the appointments, they were engineers, they were in the construction business, they were people with you know they weren't Skinmore professors per se, you know they were people with intimate knowledge of land use and and, and how this goes, you know it it wasn't. You know, it wasn't nepotism. It wasn't all right. Somebody helped on my campaign, or somebody's you know active in my political party, and I'm going to put them on a board. At least from at least from their descriptions. Now, you know, I didn't go into each person's individual donations to see exactly where that politics lie, but they certainly had the degrees. You know, there was an engineer there. There was somebody who you want on a land use board because they understand how you know land can be used and how buildings can be built on that land. And, yeah. and so I was I was happy to hear that. Yeah, because one sure. of the Marshall being one of the choices, and I, I personally that was, think it was a great that was, choice. That was uh, the only person ahead, I remember. No, no, that was the only person I remembered as well was Chuck Marshall. Um, but I know he's he can be a bit controversial to some people because um, uh, of his position on development. Um, but you know, everybody's going to be a little controversial. Nobody's going to be, you know, um, uh, uh, an appointment with absolutely no dissent or criticism. But yeah, um, he's knowledgeable. He's qualified. Yeah, he's clearly he's qualified. Knowledgeable. But I just want to make it clear to people: one of the major criticisms that I have of these boards, and I think is what your guys are getting at, there are no prerequisites or qualifications to be appointed to these boards. You can appoint someone who doesn't know a damn thing about our zoning or planning or you know how the city has developed. Who doesn't know anything? you know, who, who, who has, who only knows about rainbows and butterflies and you can appoint them. And for seven years, they carry a tremendous amount of power and they can block businesses from coming here. They can block people from doing things from their home. I mean, they can really screw people up financially and otherwise. And so I think, you know, I wish someone would take on, uh, our land use boards in terms of, uh, making these appointments, um, you know, just putting some requirements or stipulations in place so that we get people who do have some knowledge and aren't uh, politically motivated, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, I I, um, I, I hope these, well, oh, that was a tangent. I'll skip it. Uh, <laughs> we gonna, we going to move over to uh, Van Damme? Um, yes. So an update on Van Damme. Um, Adam, you can probably speak to this be the best because you were involved a bit. Um, do you want to give people kind of a recap of what happened? Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, Van Dan Street has uh, has had a truck traffic increase, increase, increase throughout the years. Uh, my sister recently moved to a house on Van Dam Street. We own some property there. So I'm pretty, pretty uh, I spend a lot of time over there. And it's gotten so bad where, you know, the intersection of where Van Dam goes down and reads kind of Broadway and 50 can be backed up for two blocks. Uh, and, and it just became a mess. And the amount of truck traffic and essentially what was happening was Van Dan Street was being used as a shortcut for trucks, you know, coming from. And now I know there's more to this, but essentially coming west to east and then heading south, you know, so that they're coming from you know western New York instead of going to Albany and hopping south. They kind of cut that. I mean, a lot of people know what I'm talking about. Cut that corner and come through Saratoga, and and there's health hazards involved with this. You know, with the, with the, all the exhaust these diesel trucks are coming out. There's safety issues. There's noise issues. So the Van Dam Neighborhood Association got together and and petitioned the last administration to put a five ton weight limit on uh, Van Dam and and not so essentially telling those trucks you got to go somewhere else. Uh, the, it, like everything that was, it was, there was some controversy with it, but the mayor Kim and the city council ultimately 
uh, voted to put up five ton signs. And then about a couple of weeks later, the DOT chimed in and sent a letter saying, and I don't have the letter in front of me. So I, my have, I do. Perfect. But this yeah. is an all, this is a state designated alternate truck route, whatever that means. So essentially, the city does not have the authority to come up and put up these five ton signs. Now, real quick, I'll just give my two cents with all this. Is Saratoga hat? Do you want me to just read the last sentence here from the letter? Yes. Yeah, great, great. So it says, we do not believe the city's five-ton weight limit may supersede the federal regu regulations and respectfully request weight limit signs be removed from the section of Van Damme Street designated as an access highway. So they're right. asking that those signs be removed to ASAP. Right. And I, my understanding is that they probably are going to be removed if we can come up with a better thing. But this is I, my two cents. I think they're it. already gone. I think. They're, they may already be removed. But my two cents on this is Saratoga is being used as a shortcut. This isn't you know, local deliveries. Local trucks have the right to go. Even with those five-ton signs out, my understanding is they could come through. We It's like a war of attrition. We got to fight them everywhere we can to get these trucks. You know, We have a robust interstate system. I have no problem with, with, with the previous administration doing this. I, uh, uh, you know. I know some people did. I think this was a good move on their part. We have to just keep on blocking them till they go around our city and don't use us as a shortcut and put our residents' health and safety in jeopardy. So uh, I, I, I think, I hope that Mayor Safford and the current city council takes this on full force and, and, and the help of Kerry Warner gets these trucks out of our city. So that's my two cents on it. But I wonder if you guys feel the same because I know there's some dissent. It is going to be really, really tough to do that. As you saw, the city council, and I got to go back for a minute. Uh, the city council, again, the last city council was like the gang that couldn't shoot straight. They just mistakes after mistakes after mistakes. And uh, um, they did it here. They acted, and to, to Commissioner Jason Golub's credit, at the December 5th city council meeting, the, uh, Commissioner Montanino put this on the table as a motion, it was second, and Commissioner Golub said, can we slow down and do things right here? He was more focused on enforcement, but he had the right concept. He, he said, why don't we table this to the meeting later in the month? Mayor Kim shot him down. Um, and uh, um, and he, he was logical there. Um, and they did it. And now they got, you know, and to quote John Kaufman's blog, I'll quote John. Uh, he said, this is yet another example of the previous council's obliviousness to the need for rigorous due diligence. In their rush to endear themselves to the homeowners on Van Dam Street and grab headlines, the council did the neighborhood a disservice by spreading false hopes. And I agree with that. And for those of you on Van Dam Street, we're with you. Our hearts are with you. But the city council did it wrong. And that puts you backwards, not forward. Uh, they needed to do their due diligence. They didn't. It's just yet another example of this last council really uh, making a mistake, you know, uh, shoot themselves in the foot, then reloading quickly and shoot themselves again. Um, I actually, yeah, Commissioner Golub was actually, um, oops, sorry. Did someone just, sorry guys, did something pop up on your screen or is it just mine? Okay, just mine. Um, so, uh, Commissioner Golub was very, sorry, I'm just dealing with a, uh, user issue over here. Um, so Commissioner Golub was, was very kind of passionate in talking about this at that meeting in December. He was like holding the paper and he was like, I will vote for this, but know that it's not worth the piece of paper it's written on. Because they didn't take this kind of, in my opinion, the first initial step. Because, Adam, I agree with everything you're saying in spirit. Like, I, I agree. I think that's kind of the only way to deal with this. There's no, you know, there's no road we can build. There's no new truck route we can come up with. I think we just need to do exactly what you said. However, 
in putting this weight limit on Van Dam before doing that, I would have thought the first step would have been to contact DOT to make sure there wasn't an issue. So you don't look like assholes, put up signs and have to take them down three weeks later. I mean, what was the point of that? that I mean, all those people came out from the neighborhood to talk about this. You know, it took time and emotion and et cetera, et cetera. They thought they had a victory. Well, they didn't have a victory at all. They had, they had a whole lot of nothing, you know? And so I think Commissioner Golub's point you know, uh, should have been taken more seriously by the council um, so that we didn't have this just kind of like, you know, total waste of effort and time and energy for something that that was just immediately taken down by the DOT. What, what I've never seen done by this council, and Robin, maybe you can give insight into it, or, or maybe you do recall instances of Commissioner Gold that night talked about tabling it, but he didn't make a motion to table. I've never seen a, a, a city council member say, you know what, we really need time on this. I am making a motion to table this until the next meeting, and then hopefully they get a second and, and so forth. But I, I just don't see that happen. It's like they don't use that. To Commissioner Golub's credit, maybe he didn't want to just force something down their throat, but in that case, it probably made sense. You know, I think it's always hard in those situations because when you have a whole neighborhood kind of turn out the way the folks on Van Dam did, it's really impressive. You've got all these people in the audience. They moved this agenda item to the top of the meeting. And so, of course, there's a ton of uh, pressure to, you know, you want to please the people in the room. You want to give them what they want. Well, and, yeah. yeah. And I think Mayor Kim, you know, he was on his way out, so he didn't really have time to table it. So he just, you know, he rushed it through. But um, hopefully... Uh, this administration will contact DOT and maybe have some more comprehensive conversations with them about what our challenges are and how we could work together to come up with some solutions. Um, I think that to me makes the logical, the, the most kind of logical sense here. This is a humongous problem that does not have an easy answer. I, I don't know if it has an answer, much less an easy one. Well, yeah. if the answer is keeping trucks on the interstate, then it does have an easy answer. And And this is totally anecdotal, but I can say once those signs were up, I, there was a marked difference in, in the flow of trucks on, on that, those, yeah. that street. So yep, again, I, I think, I think, I think if you can keep half the truck, again, don't, none of this is backed by science. This is all anecdotal. But, but if you can keep those trucks, you know, it's going to be 30 more minutes of their time to stay on our interstate system and not cut through our city. That's, that's an easy answer right there. You, you know, it's not like, it's not like there's a plant you, you know, in Western, you know, West of the city that the trucks are, you know, there's not a, I mean, there's a target distribution center, I guess, but they can use exit 16. Now that I think about it, the, you know, the target distribution center is right there. So, so there's really the amount of truck traffic there. It, it, it's, it's, I, it, I can't imagine that where they're coming from is so vital that they use that road that they can't just stay on our highways. So Adam, you know, my kind of half joking, half not solution for this, it, and it's not exactly on Van Dam, but if you just construct a little pedestrian bridge over Church Street going to the hospital and make it just low enough. Just low, yeah, exactly. Problem solved. Yeah. <laughs> problem solved. Um, so, so that's the only solution. That, that would get another nasty gram from DOT, by the by. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, I'm on, uh, DOT and I are good. You know, we did that pride crosswalk together. I checked with DOT. We, we, we good. We good. Um, in other news, um, they, they did approve the purchase of a new ladder truck um, for the fire department, which I think is a good thing. Um, pretty expensive, but a, but a, a good thing nonetheless. Um, guys, I also just want to throw up one comment because it's super nice. Larry Manning says, everyone viewing should hit the like button. It helps the Saratoga podcast gain visibility and reach a wider audience. 
True that, Larry. And thank you for pointing that out. We really appreciate you and your Smash adorable that like. dog. Yes. I know. And that dog is adorable, Larry. I know. The cutest dog ever. So thank you, Larry. We appreciate it. Um, uh, Who else was I going to say? I think that um, I think that was about it. Risk and, there was going to be an update on the director of risk and safety position. And I, I had thought the expectation was that um, Commissioner Moran, whose department that position is under, was um, hoping to make an announcement about a hire last night. But my understanding is that uh, I, I, he did not last night. So I guess they're still interviewing people, but I really do hope that they get that position filled quickly with the right person. Because as we know from what's happened over the last year or two, we need someone managing our risk and safety program like yesterday. I agree, Robin. Well stated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had some economic development news, hospitality. Yes. So we have some. Well, I'm thrilled about this business news. Do you want to share, Dan? Uh, yeah. In this morning's Times Union and probably elsewhere by now, because I copied on Sarah Double Report, a shameless plug there. Um, the uh, there uh, the owner of Nove Restaurant out in Wilton and Robin, tell me the name again. I'm sorry, I... Lou. Yes, yes. Um, last name. Uh, uh, sorry if I'm putting you on the spot there. The owner, anyway, he apparently has bought or is in the process of buying Sperry's restaurant. And not only um, is he doing that, he owns the empty lot next door where the fire was, I believe, Thanksgiving several years back. Uh, he wants to put a hotel. And on that very lot, like, wow, talk about ambitious. Uh, God bless them. Um, that's going to be a lot of, speaking of land use boards, that's going to that's gonna have to go through some uh, uh, boards and so forth. Um, yeah. But I, I love, and, and if you read the article, it's like it was his love for the city. And I believe, Robin, you you know him. It seemed like he truly was like doing this for the, the, the reasons that he thought it would be a good thing for Caroline Street. Oh, well, well, well. Robin has a little bit of a different take. Okay. <laughs> At the risk of getting myself in the hot water, uh, he has owned that parcel, you know, that burned down for for years now. And he had it on the market at an extremely, extremely high price. Um, it did not sell. And I think that's now why he's choosing to develop it. So I don't think it's out of necessarily like, you know, his love for Saratoga and wanting to add something to Caroline Street, because if that were the case, I think he would have taken action on it over the last like seven years that it's been sitting vacant. Um, it's been so I live one block up on Caroline Street, just so people know. So this is like my little hood, you know, and every time I walk that block on Caroline, I get really bummed out because almost almost more than half the block has been sitting vacant with Sperry's closed. And then that horrible looking vacant lot, you know, with a chain link fence and all this trash inside, it just, it looks awful. Um, and so I'm delighted that he's choosing to develop it. Um, I'm delighted that Sperry's is under contract just because we need to see businesses built and open. It is not a good look for our city ever downtown to have vacancies, vacant lots, closed restaurants, that is Especially just an iconic location like Sparrow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of sketchy activity that happens on Lower Caroline Street, as you guys know, at night. And having an empty lot and closed businesses right in the middle of that sketchiness does not help things. So um, thank you, Lou, for choosing to do this. I wish you'd done it a little sooner, but I'm happy you're doing it now. Yeah. Uh, so this is, I, so I didn't know I, who you're talking about now, Lou, if he's owned that for a while. Big fan of Lou and all his business endeavors. <laughs> Lou. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know. He's, I'm going to get like killed in the night. <laughs> Adam, you, you know a thing or two about hospitality, your family and so forth. What, what, do you have any thoughts on, on this? Well, if you want my hospitality part, it's, it's a really interesting place to put a hotel because my, again, this is just my hospitality gut reaction. It's going to be loud. Right, there's nothing you can do. It's going to and to be loud. It's going to, you know, where in the mar how in the market are you going to position yourself? So you're not going to be able to position yourself like in a Delphi, you know, at a high end place with super high end prices because you're gonna have on weekend. I mean, I, you know, Robin, you live closest. I live, I by I live by Spring Street Deli, and I, in the summer on Fridays and Saturday nights, when my windows close, I can hear bumping. You, you, you know, and I'm a good three or four blocks away. So having a so having a hotel right there uh, is going to you're not going to get families or at least families are going to be happy. You know, you're going to get a very certain, you know, a type of clientele that's here for the party. I'm not against it. I'm just it's and that and I've been to hotels in New York City that essentially I remember one time we didn't my wife and I were checking a hotel in New York. We did not know this, but it was like we were checking in and like Snooki was having like a dance party in there. And, 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 and we had no idea except when I'm like, Holy shit, that was Snooki. You just walked by, but, but it all night. And luckily the kids were young enough and you know, we were in good spirits about it, but it's not the kind of hotel I'd ever say it again. So, uh, I, I, you know, the hotel rooms are great as a hotelier. I don't know how, how it'll work, but, uh, but it, again, Love to see the property developed. Uh, and, and, he he proposed it as 50 to 65 rooms. I don't know how. I mean, I know how, but not in this city. I don't know how you get that many rooms in that tight spot. 50 and then, to 65 before we rooms. talk about parking. It's a bigger lot than you. Well, I don't know. It's a, it's a, well, I mean, if you can, I can tell you the in Saratoga, you know, because obviously I know that hotel in the main building there, which is sizable. There's 38 rooms. So that's, well, that is three stories. And probably, boy, I don't know, a couple hundred yards back. I mean, that's that is a big. That's a lot of sixty to sixty-five rooms is a big. But theoretically, he didn't pull that number out of nowhere, right? I, you gotta imagine yeah. he ran some numbers first. I mean, he's gonna build up, obviously, and you can only build to what six stories is the limit, five or six. I don't know. We got a new well, ladder truck now. Maybe we got across from the library. I, I know it's. I know it's six or less. I, I thought it might be five, but I know it's six stories well, or less. Which is interesting because isn't that restriction based on how high a ladder or a ladder trucks could go? Um, no, I think it's actually, honestly, just for, I mean, I think it's for several reasons, but I think it's really just for the general um, vibe of what Saratoga, you know, the downtown looks like. We don't want any like high rises, right. so to speak. Right. But, um, I, you know, I have to say the Grand Pavilion Hotel, my understanding is that those are now basically all condos, right? I thought they were apartments. Yeah. So I just yeah. find that to be kind of an interesting the little comparison because it's, that's like right like right kind of across from where this is being proposed. And I wonder if that was one of the issues they had with using it as a hotel, if it was noisy. But then I also look at places like the Washington, which is the high-end luxury rental on Broadway that backs up to basically the back of like uh, Gaffney's. Um, yeah. And, you know, people rent, the, I mean, it's pretty full pretty much all the time. So maybe there is enough insulation and soundproofing to make it not an issue. But um, I do wonder what kind of clientele they'd be going after. My, my guess is it would be like people who are here to gamble and party. And yeah, certainly not, certainly not families. Yeah. Um, and Adam, and, I also, where would they park? That's my question. Where, where is there available parking? Well, we there? do have a large public parking garage approximately a block and a half away. So there's that. 
Also, you have places like the Adelphi that have an off-site parking lot. So they valet everyone to an off-site okay. parking lot. Yeah, I guess that would have to be, right? Yeah. Hey, all, hey, they can park in. I've got three parking spots, guys. So I can charge <laughs> top dollar for that hotel. You can come park over here, VIP parking. Um, and Adam, I did also have the same experience as you. I checked into a hotel once, not realizing they had a nightclub in the basement. It was a goddamn nightmare. Um, yeah. But I, I'm looking forward to seeing these renderings and just in general, looking forward to seeing an open Sperry's and some kind of development happening on that lot. I also know at some point the lot on the corner of Caroline and Henry, that's currently a parking, a little uh, privately owned parking lot, I believe is also going to be developed at some point. So um, potentially a lot of changes in store for um, Lower Caroline Street. Saratoga is always on the move. <laughs> it's always on the move. So right, it's guys, a little, the little city that could, huh? You got it. You got it. Um, we are coming up on an hour, you guys. Should we move into some cheers and jeers? Absolutely. All right. What, what what do we got, folks? What do we got? Um, I'm just going to repeat what we talked about a little earlier. I'm going to kick it off. You guys usually let me kick these off. Um, two two city council meetings now uh, with the new mayor and the new the the you know the different city council, um, both about an hour and forty minutes long, well handled, um, orderly, get business done, respectful. Uh, you know, I, I, I commented earlier that that will change at some point, at least one or two meetings. I hope I'm wrong, but if it, if it does, I hope it goes back. Um, I like this. I like this a lot. That's an absolute cheer. And, um, uh, and, and, uh, that is, uh, that is my one cheer. And I did not bring a jeer today because I didn't want good, good. Cause I only have a jeer and my jeer is for the city council, Dan, because it is boring now it is not the fireworks it gives us nothing to talk about you know we got to kind of fill the hour with some fluffier i like the drama i like the, you know, the heated exchanges i like the, the what's going to happen next and i love the soap opera and mayor safford's taking that away from me bring it back somebody do something let's get crazy again God damn it, Adam. Go put on a little red riding costume and go to public comment yeah. next week. I, and Adam, I think Saratoga <laughs> will not disappoint. Just give it time. I, I think I have one. I'll go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to, on a personal note, I, I do so appreciate the efficiency of the meetings because as you know, we're listening to them. I listen to almost every city council meeting and it is so nice not to be there or at home on my headphones till like 11 o'clock at night. Um, but, um, my cheer, uh, is for the police department because I had the delight of going to their promotional and swearing in ceremony last week, um, where they were celebrating this promotion of, uh, Eric Warfield to assistant chief. Um, I promoted him to his Lieutenant position when I was, um, on the city council. It was awesome seeing him promoted to assistant chief. Uh, we also had another officer who was promoted to Sergeant and then 11 new hires, 11. Um, and so it, it was just so great to be there. And you hear about all these folks who have been hired and decided to join our police force and they are, they come up one at a time and they have their badge and their badge gets pinned on them by like a loved one. And sometimes it's a mother or a father or a wife. And it's just like a really touching, wonderful ceremony with like positive vibes only. And it's such a nice thing to attend. So I just wanted to give a shout out to the police department, our new hires. We're so happy to have you and congratulations to our promotions. And uh, also the mayor spoke at that ceremony as did Commissioner Cole. And they both were just like, 
just right on the money, you know, uh, didn't speak too long, said just the right thing. Uh, Mayor Safford's message was really like, we believe in you. And um, it, it was just, uh, it was well done. And it was emceed by um, uh, Lieutenant Angela McGovern and, uh, oh gosh, who else? Uh, Evan Ford, I want to say, was it Evan Ford or Andrew? Anyway, it, they did a great job emceeing it. So kudos to the police department. We love you guys. Terrific. All right. Well, we are almost exactly at an hour. Sorry, we were running a little late today, but we were here on our Wednesday as promised. Um, like us, follow us, follow us on YouTube. We've got 100, maybe 50 subscribers on YouTube. If you subscri subscribe on YouTube, you can be notified when we go live on Wednesdays. Um, if you can't catch us live, you can find us on basically every podcast platform. So wherever you listen to podcasts, look for the Saratoga podcast. Excellent. Thanks for watching, folks. All right, Stay kids, we'll see you next week.